Hi, Honeymooners. Natasha and I are coming to a city near you. And we'd love you to come see us and support us doing live stand-up comedy. As for me, I'm going to be going to the Comedy Club on State in Madison this very weekend for five shows. I love that club. I'd love to see you there. I'll also be at the Troubadour for the Netflix is a Joke Festival on May the 12th. That's just one night, one show, just me. But Natasha and I are going to be doing a live Endless Honeymoon podcast taping for the Netflix is a Joke Festival on the 4th of May. Then I'm going to the Punchline in Philadelphia. That's in July. Would love to see you there. I'm going to be going to the Punchline in Sacramento in August. And I'll be going to the DC Improv uh, the weekend before the election, before we figure out what hell we hath wrought. Come see me at any of those dates. Oh, yeah, one more. I'll be at the Bell House in New York on July the 11th. I'd love to see you there, New York City. Natasha, you got anything? Why don't you come see me in Brea? If you live in Orange County, I think that's Orange County. I don't even know, but come to Brea. I'll be there in April. I'll also be at the Chicago Improv in April. And if you can't see me in Chicago, why don't you come to Tempe in May? Tempe, Arizona. I'll also be in Boston, but that's not till October. I think I might take the summer off. Go to NatashaLegero.com. Or MosheCasher.com. And get some tickets. To see the both of us. And also make sure that you come to our Patreon-supported Dinner party this Sunday. That is on St. Patrick's Day. What else are you doing? It is a dumb holiday. I'm sorry. If you are not yet a member of the tier that gets you into the dinner parties, go ahead and upgrade. Upgrade that. You could downgrade afterwards. I mean, we don't have real rules. Order your corned beef and cabbage from the local pub. DoorDash that shit to your house. Yep. Log on. 6 p.m. Come mess with us. It's a really great way. Pacific. To connect to the community of the Endless Honeymoon Podcast and also to connect to your lovely hosts. Welcome to the Endless Honeymoon Podcast. I'm Moshe Kasher. And I'm his doting wife, Natasha Legero. She is doting. We're reporting to you live from Death's Door. Uh, you were very, actually very doting this weekend. We had, a, we, had a, quite, we had quite a weekend on the mountain. Oh, right, the skiing. We traveled to Telluride, Colorado, to the lovely Telluride Comedy Festival with a bunch of great friends. We played sold-out shows. It's one of the most gorgeous places in, in the Union, Telluride. And then I tried to make you think I was fun and spontaneous, so I took a ski lesson. Well, I kept saying, let's go take a ski lesson. And Natasha, she, she kept, she, you do this thing that I would say drives me crazy, which is that she, until the activity started... <laughs> She gave me the impression that she, she was up for it and it was her idea. No, as soon as it started, I hated it. No, I'm saying, so right until the moment it began, you were like, yeah, that sounds great. What? Then I tried I'd like it. to do it. Then I tried it and I was like, oh, I'm going to like you hadn't tried 50% break my ankle. No, you hadn't tried it though. You, we had, we had, it's like literally your, your, I put the, the ski on. The boot went clip, clop, <laughs> and you're like, this fucking sucks. Get me out of here. But you can imagine what it was like too. Natasha was like in a fur and a fake fur. And it was warm though. And, and was sort of Are like, you supposed to wear like a puffy silver no, jacket? No, I'm just saying your vibe to the teacher was not one of like, I don't know if this is for me. It was it was more like, ugh, filth peasant. <laughs> no, I felt more like Danny Zuko when he like, wait, I said filth peasant? No, like your vibe was like, ah, oh, filth peasant away from me. I mean, I just felt like I was going to hurt myself. So you, she did take a, I would but say. But then I got really good. Well, the, <laughs> That's what I was. That's what I was getting to, is at the very beginning she did take a small, the smallest of tumbles. I would say a six-inch tumble. She looked up, kind of. You know when cats are about to attack, you know that like 
She did that to, to the teacher <laughs> and then looked at me and said, I almost broke my fucking leg. I didn't say fucking leg. No, that's true. But you did say I almost broke my leg. That's and it was true. Like, and it was like, I would say the smallest fall a human being could like. I felt how, you know what happened? I had a physical sensation of how you hurt yourself skiing. Like you could like totally pull your groin. You could totally twist your ankle so easily because you had this huge contraption that you're bolted to and you don't know what you're doing and it's unwieldy. You know, it's like. Uh, I hate, I really hated it until I until it was fun. Right. So so first seconds she hated it, and she was you, you were saying stuff to like I would say within the first thirty seconds to the ski teacher you were like, I'm sorry, how long is this? I'm sorry, why do it, people do this? It was four hours and forty five. It minutes. was a long class, but that said, within the first twelve seconds you were definitely like uh, looking at the ski teacher, going like, I'm sorry, what did you choose to do with your life? Why are we doing this right now? That's pretty much how I was in school. So I guess whenever right? I'm like learning something, I kind of go back to like being like, I'm going to ask whatever I want and I'm going to be funny and say things. And I don't know. I was just trying to have a little fun out there. Oh, yeah. It seemed like Roast you were having a good time. To, to the guy's Roast credit. The sport. By the way, to the guy's credit, he was definitely like a font of patience. He was just like, he just had seen it before. He'd met you before. And That's he was like, what makes a good teacher. Yeah, he was a good teacher. And I, on the other hand, I just started, um, what did you describe it as? Oh, you were kind of like embarrassed by me. <laughs> no, I was like, she's, you said my energy was, she's not with me. I'm not <laughs> with her energy. I sort of started skiing away going like, I don't know about that lady over there, but uh, can we get this lesson started? <laughs> and then uh, she, we all went down one by one, right? Mm-hmm. I, I got to say, I was a bit of a natural Right, well, you surf. You think that's connected? Yeah. I don't know. On that bunny slope, I was a bit of a natural. And honestly, from the way that Natasha began the day, from the first fall to her first go down the bunny slope, I would have bet my my life savings that you were going to quit in 20 minutes and you were never going to ski again and that you were fundamentally uh, predisposed to being a like not a good skier. And then, because like, I went down, then the next, the lady went down, and then this other guy went down. Everybody nailed it. And then Natasha, you just couldn't have looked less des- like desirous. Or, I mean, it was just like, it was as if they were saying, like, right over this hill, there's a pile of diarrhea that you can bathe in. And you're like, Are you, I, that's the sport? They were like, yeah, 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 just go to the diarrhea pool. And you were just like, anyway, long story short, by about four runs in, Natasha had lapped the lady. And she was coming up on me. You were like a natural. It was fun. You were kind of like whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. Like doing that thing with, that people do on their way to get hot chocolate. Well, <laughs> what was fun about the skiing was like how in control you were of turning. So all you have to do is turn your body and it, all of a sudden you're on this contraption that is like steering you like a car. That's what I'm saying. So that's what was cool about it. But that's also when I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to twist my ankle if I do this like 10 more times. Well, she was looking straight up. Natasha was straight up looking like uh, a Swiss person trying to find a lost family by the end of the day. <laughs> she was like, kalumf, kalumf, kalumf. And she was screaming Ricola. You remember when you screamed Ricola? That was cool. Well, I'm glad that you were there to see my transformation. And I, I, my ego was kind of flared up because I was like, oh damn, I'm kind of good at this. And then the realities of mountain life hit. Oh, right. And by the middle of the day, I started getting like not feeling well. And I'm looking at my wife over here. Miss, I just broke my leg. 
she's over here like slaloming down, you know, multiple obstacle courses and shit. And I'm feeling sicker and sicker. I started to, sh- to shake. And I was like, I, I think I got to get out of here. And we, we left the, the lesson early. We got home at like 3 p.m. And I just laid in bed for the next 22 hours doing that kind of puking. You know that kind of puking? that it's not like fun drunk puking it was so bad that when i heard it i didn't give you privacy <laughs> like i was like usually if someone's like hung over and like vomiting you're like okay i'm gonna be downstairs but like it was so violent that i was like with the baby in the bedroom and i was like okay i need to like come to the door and make sure he's okay and she found me uh, the first time i puked i was sitting on the floor of the bathroom of this like ski condo completely naked covered in sweat and you were like, are you okay? And what did I say you to you? You were like, this seems like the right place to be right now. <laughs> I was like, I think you were I like did. naked, shaking. On a, on a cold towel floor saying, this feels like the right place to sit right now. I was so out of it. It was so horrible. Yeah, it was like the kind of puking that my... We're still coming out of it. Right. My brother described it as somewhere in the middle of um, of giving birth and dying. Oh, your brother's had it too? Yeah, he had a... I like that a man can describe something as giving birth. (laughs) Well, I mean, no no less than you. (laughs) I bet giving birth is way worse than your mountain sickness. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, it's like, uh, it's probably like what giving birth is like. Or, you know, like, uh, yeah, I had like a little cut on my foot and it fucking hurt. I bet bet that's what like... It's it's probably like giving birth. That's like foot birth. (laughs) That blister was foot birth. No, I don't know. It was rough. I have it rough now. To be honest, the headache I have right now from my mountain sickness is hurts more than my C-section. Are you convinced? Oh, yeah. So Natasha's barely here right now, just so you guys know. like We shouldn't be recording this podcast at all. We pushed this podcast to make it so that I wouldn't be too sick to record. And now Natasha has been struck with the with the ailment of the Andes, she has the the Himalayan heebie-jeebies. No, I have She's like got this the, headache that's that came on like at the the next day after you got better, mm-hmm. and it's just been getting worse the past. She's few got days. the Rockies rickets. She's got the the uh, she's got the Alps a something. I don't know what the Alps Alps affliction. She got that Alps affliction. But I care about the people, so I'm here to record my podcast. So why don't we just begin? Let's take a call. We're barely here. We're barely physically functioning but here's what i'll say before we really start the show and i know you that you're you're suffering so deeply right now but i was so grateful to have you there to, to take care of me yesterday i don't know what i would have done by myself i was enjoying like i went to, i walked to the store did i go three times for yeah you? i walked yeah. to the store three different times i was so out because of i it. kept you you didn't want to eat anything and so like and then i brought i brought you some stuff and then it was like not the right like I brought him I thought popsicles would look good but then it was like popsicles is the best I brought him like creamsicles and he's like that's gross so then I like walked walked back I didn't to try say that's gross no no I mean but then when you said it, I'm like I wouldn't want to have I said cream. the cream I said the dairy would probably make me puke again I mean this is how bad I look so then I, I got cherry I sent a picture of myself that N- Natasha took of me so she wasn't being completely supportive she was also taking com- comedic pictures of me in I my took time one of dying picture because you looked so cute with like you know, you had the shakes and you had a towel on your head. Yeah. <laughs> I sent it to my friend. He goes, it looks like you're dying in the 1780s. <laughs> so that's how I was looking. But Natasha took such good care of me between taking embarrassing pics of me. She took such good care of me. And that's why 
That those are the times you feel so grateful to have a family and love. I liked your personality when you were sick. Oh, you liked it better. Yes, you were like so sweet. You kept telling you're like, please just kiss me on the forehead. Oh, why are you saying that? You were just like, I didn't say that. I would never say that. Well, you were being very sweet. No, I asked you to suck my dick. Remember, (laughs) I was like, I'm so horny right now. No, and you just kept telling me like how appreciative. You know what? You weren't being like annoyed or bossy to me at all, and I liked that because like you felt felt very helpless. (laughs) Cool. Well. Well, now that I've got my real personality back, why don't no. we go ahead and take a call? No, I don't mean that. I just mean like you were without any kind of um, like whatever uh, makes wh- you man- fun. Manhood. Yeah. yeah. Masculinity, manhood. Yeah. Yeah, personality is a man. You just Human became... <laughs> adultness. Yeah. No, I just mean like I liked that kind of... Teeny you know. tiny bitch boy. Yeah, but not for long. Yeah. Do you like me? As a person? Do you like my personality? <laughs> of course. I just am saying that when someone's sick and helpless, you wouldn't want them to be like that all the time. But, you know, when they're relying on you and they're grateful for you and that's like, they're just like, everything you bring them is like making, it's like, um, what was that movie with? Uh, wasn't there a Misery? Movie? <laughs> yeah, I remember it well. That's how I felt. No, the Daniel Day-Lewis one where My the woman foot? was like oh, feeding him. The Phantom Thread. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but it was, um, no, it was fun. To, I, I, I didn't think of it. I liked taking care of you. It's That's what's fun about being in a relationship is that like, you know, it's not like you owe me. It's just like, oh, I got you, you know? Yeah, that's how it felt. Until I realized now that you weren't just saying I got you. You were saying finally a personality that I can actually deal with. <laughs> So that's new to me. I didn't know that. And hopefully the sickness you're feeling right now will plummet you into some sort of uh, personality changing ailment that I can enjoy. Remains to be seen. We'll find out next week. But for now, let's take a call. We're going to now call Cynthia in Greenville, South Carolina. Cynthia. Hi. Hi, it's Moshe Kasher. And Natasha. And Natasha's in the middle. Hi, hi, Natasha's in the middle of a deep migraine. So you may get less out of her than you want, but you're gonna get a lot out of me. My personality's back. I'm ready to ready to give some advice. Okay, I hope you feel better, Natasha. I'm okay. Thank you. How are you feeling? What's up? Why'd you call? I'm like a little nervous. Oh, that's all right. Let's t- let's help you get through it. First of all, like I said, yesterday I was puking my guts up. Natasha currently is about to die of a migraine. How could you be nervous talking to us? We're just a couple of human beings that are falling apart, literally about to die. Well, that sucks. Yeah, it sucks, but it doesn't it help with the nerves a bit? Maybe. I don't like to be publicly talking shit about my friends. Oh. I feel like that's kind of where we're going. Oh, well, you're not nervous because of us. Yeah, you're nervous because of what you're about to do. Okay. Like some repercussions, yeah. Well, tell us. Yeah, just tell us. Listen, what's the worst that could possibly happen? Think, think it all the way through. Nothing could ever. Nothing bad has ever come out of content that's been recorded on a podcast ever. Yeah, nothing. Yeah, can't hurt me. Just well, don't say their names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You know yeah, what? You I know what I recommend. In fact, when you're saying there, when you're describing these people, give them a fake attribute. You, you know. So let's say you're talking about your friend Joey, who's a Mexican guy. Say my friend Joey, who is not a Mexican guy. Say something like that. Nice, clever. Um, I don't know if I want to get into specifics, but like, I think my issue is that 
instead of being like bitter against men, I'm like bitter against my friends because they're happy. <laughs> so I'm like rewriting the script. Well, what? what <laughs> okay, tell us more. I, I, this is a fun game of how much will you reveal before your friends figure out who. who just, do they all listen to the podcast or something? Um. They do not. Okay, well, I mean, so I'm not trying to... The one I'm most worried about does not. Okay, so t- t- what, is she, what does that person do that drives you so crazy? She complains a lot about how her husband treats her, and I think he treats her very nicely, and it seems like she can't really... You feel like she's kind of ungrateful for him, and she complains about stupid stuff when you're like, I don't even have yeah. a husband. Or I'm just like, how would you survive on your own if you were on your own? Like, she told me a story about how she clogged the toilet at her house and just left it there for her husband to come and deal with <laughs> instead of, like, trying to figure it out herself. <laughs> and I'm like, it's not difficult. You can just even Google it. If you have a plunger, it's fine. And you're letting him come deal with, like, literally your shit. Well, here's the thing, though. That See, you should never... They say you should never judge... Um, you should never judge your insides by another person's outsides. And in this situation actually the reverse is true you should never judge another person's insides because you don't know the kind of shit she's taking you know she might take big old monster toilet stopping mario couldn't do it plumbing destructing bomb bomb dookies and you have no idea there's no way for you to know you don't know another woman's asshole fair enough also she doesn't sound that happy so why are you jealous of her fair yeah See, I don't. I'm not jealous of any of these people's like specific husbands or anything like that. It's just I feel. I mean, I know it's ridiculous. Cause I'm 27, but I feel very old, and like everyone around me is getting married, and I'm just like in all the weddings, doing all the shit, and then I get stuck dating like a bartender. Well, see, to to me, that's the story. Although I would love for you to keep talking shit about your friends because it seems more fun. <laughs> the story here is this is all this is all completely fake. You're not really resentful at your friend because she let her husband plunge the toilet. And you're not really resentful at your friends for complaining because they... And you don't think these people have perfect lives. Really, the the story here is that you're frustrated. You think... Actually, we come back to my original bit, uh, my original advice uh, axiom, which is don't judge uh, someone else, your insides by another person's outsides. You think that the thing they have is the thing that you need. But you have no idea. Like, who who fucking knows? You could be 37 and meet the person that's going to bring you the happiest rest of your life possible. How old were we when we got together? I met Mosh when I was 38. And then we got married when I was like 41. And then we had a baby at 43. Oh, and I froze my eggs at 38. That was an important part. Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying, like, you might live in a place where do you feel like every... I mean, I don't really know anyone who's married when they're that young, but... Do you feel like where where do you live again? Oh, where, where do I live? Uh huh. Um, Greenville, South Carolina. And everyone's so, married at twenty seven. That just seems so young. So one of my best friends from college has two children already. Um, and most of my other friends are like trying for babies at this point. Do you I want a baby like right just, now? No, absolutely not. <laughs> then, like, you should be happy that you're not. You haven't met your person yet because I always feel like I had two extra decades to party and make money yeah be out there in greenville smoking some of that greenville you know <laughs> that's I mean, the issue though is that i don't have anyone to go out with anymore because all my friends just want to be at home with their husbands and like sure they're like you can come over here and watch football and i'm like that's not what i'm trying to do i mean isn't that funny isn't that funny that that even though it's something that you don't want and know you don't want you're still on some <laughs> weird level jealous of it 
Yes. I mean, what and a I don't pa- know what to do about it. What a pathetic human being uh, the human the, the humans are. <laughs> not not, you. No, not you. I just mean. Or like me specifically. No, not yes. you. I just he mean. He was us. talking to me about. I you. just mean us. Like that people that we can be. If you're in a, enough people around, you're doing the same thing. It doesn't even matter if you don't like what they're doing. You'll still go like, I think maybe I should be doing that. Like it's just so sad that we do that to ourselves. Like this yeah. could be a call. Although it'll be a much more boring call, where you're calling us to say, I just was calling to gloat because all of my friends are getting married and having kids, and I fucking cracked the code of how to have a good life, and I'm not doing that shit for at least another 10 years. Ha ha, and I'm moonwalking out of Greenville all the way down to the Gulf of Mexico to go swim to Cabo San Lucas or whatever. But instead, you're calling going like, is, is there something wrong with me? And it's like... yeah. The the thing that's wrong with you is your the story you're telling yourself, and this could be a story well, of she like she just wants to meet a cool guy. Hell right? yeah, yeah. True. Are you yeah. dating online? I have been on the apps, yeah. And have do you go out to things that are interesting to like you, like cultural events and like places where you might meet so other cool people? Another big issue living in the South is that I want to date someone with that has similar political beliefs to me, and that cuts the population down to like 25 percent oh so you're a hardcore trump supporter or what's your (laughs) exactly yeah Yeah. no i'm trying to avoid that well i mean in a way though in a way i'm thinking that's hard i don't know if that's hard because in a way i'm thinking like okay no i mean that's that's a hard thing to deal with like i don't know any trump supporters. but i'm saying i'm saying what if the opposite was true like i'm thinking out loud here like what if i lived in a community where 75 percent of the people supported trump Right. Or I, let's say I, I live in L.A. So let's say I, probably 75 percent of the people in my surroundings are, are Bernie supporters. So if that's what I wanted, it wouldn't it wouldn't narrow down the field at all. It would just be like literally everybody I'm walking by. So that wouldn't help me find cool people. But if I was in a community where 75 percent of the people supported Trump, then when I met anybody who was in my little social slice of pie, I'd be like, this is so cool. I found the secret community of people that are like me. It's almost like a secret code for you to find people in Greenville, I feel like. Even though it makes it a lot less people, it, it just feels like it's a doorway into like oh, your you social Oh, you start life. going to political events. Yeah, go to these Bernie <laughs> rallies or, or I don't know. So, maybe maybe you're a Pete head. I don't, know what, I don't know what it is that you're into. Are you, are you a Klobuch? Kl- yeah, who, who are you, who you, are like, you voting for? Do you like, I like drinking? You like yeah. that war? You on that Warren zone? You you. So I work at a insurance company, and it's owned by a Republican senator. <laughs> okay, so, so wait a minute. Do. Hold on, Aww. hold on. At the, be- <laughs> at the beginning of this call, you wouldn't give us any information because you were afraid of slightly <laughs> offending one of your friends. But your your boss and your employer, you're like, well, I work at uh, I work at Deep Red State Insurance. Uh, <laughs> You'll never be able to figure out who it is that owns this place. It's a Republican senator in South Carolina. There's only two okay. senators in South it's Carolina. Not a senator, it's a congressman. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's better. That's slightly better. Yeah. <laughs> is that part of your job that you're not allowed? You have to be the same political affiliation as the people who own your business. No, they don't say that. But I, I don't think I want to like publicly be out there. But I mean, that's you don't have to put it on your Instagram, but you could go to some rallies or something. But I'm yeah, right. I am getting from you that you are a, a little bit of like you, you're the the more of the outlier of your social circle, the people that you grew up with. You're a little bit more of the like funky, off the beaten path type of one. Is that right? Yeah, I guess you could say that. Yeah. So I mean, you have this op- awesome opportunity to meet other weirdos, you know, in your local surrounding community. You know, like go to some Bernie rallies, go to Elizabeth Warren rallies. I think go she to should a- go to Elizabeth Warren rallies because that's who she likes. Or you know, listen, we're in South Carolina, so it's probably take what you can get. <laughs> 
Yeah, you, I don't. I wouldn't have to narrow it down to a specific candidate. You might have to do the Macarena at a. Ma- you might have to do a Macarena at a Mayor Pete uh, gathering. Or <laughs> wait, do they do the Macarena for Mayor? I mean, Pete? they do dorky shit like that. You might have to do like yeah. a, a a meme workshop for my, for Bloomberg. But my point is. <laughs> You might have to do a uh, try to remember your own middle name at a Biden rally. You know, you might have to do a, uh, a, a, a the Klobuchar. But that would be a great place because, you know, we obviously all want to become more politically active these next few months. And it, yeah. I think it might be a good place for you to focus your energy. Maybe you might even meet some friends, like not necessarily. But I, I, w- I if I was in a place that had that large of a Republican population, I would probably actively seek out liberal events you know yeah. and and if you're if your boss fires you because you like go to some you donate money to elizabeth warren i don't know that's I, illegal well i know i'm just saying like so then, well, then in south carolina the primaries for whichever party are on different days so if i go on the primary day it's the democratic primary oh, they kind of that's kno- so they, rude they kind of know what's know. up wait that's not fair <laughs> yeah. that wait that's that seems illegal that well, yeah. a lot of stuff is illegal. But here, here's that's what I, crazy to me. I got another bit of suggestion for you. Okay, what's the nearest mm-hmm. mountain range? Um, we're near the Blue Ridge Mountains. So okay, Asheville's not far from here. So right wow, before lucky. you, right before you go to, um, right before the Democratic primary, after you get through canvassing and meeting friends and hopefully meeting uh, uh, an exciting mountain man that will let you take your time on making a decision on having a family and getting married, but also will challenge you in ways that you didn't expect you even wanted. Then you guys go for a nice hike up in the Blue Ridge Mountains, right? The day before the Democratic primary. Then you come down. That morning, you go into uh, your boss. That you say, Senator, I have. He's se- a congressman. You yeah. say, Congress, Congressperson, I have severe altitude sickness, and I am not going to be. And I, I hate the Democratic Party as much as as much as anybody else here in Greenville. But I. So this isn't about that. What this is about, I have altitude sickness, and I am about to I am about to puke my guts out in a way that's going to feel very similar to the birth that I hope will not come for another ten to twelve <laughs> years. But uh, so I'm going to be taking the rest of the day off. But it's not because I'm going to be voting for Elizabeth Warren. It's because I am going to be pondering how much I want another Trump president. Four years of Trump. <laughs> Good day, sir. And uh, then you get love. You get to do what you care about politically, and you get to uh, take advantage of a Republican congressperson. Okay, well, good luck. And like I, a plan. I think you need to focus on your own life. I agree. That's true. Don't do not look at other people and think that what they have is what you could want because they might be miserable and you you just don't know. And you won't regret these next six months donating your time to a political cause. Amen. Amen. Good luck out there. Thank you. I appreciate your time. All right. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. I think that was practical advice. I think it was practical advice, too. I mean, if I lived in a place where, like, first of all, I cannot believe that they know what political party you're voting for based on the day you leave t- to go vote. That is very, very funny. I mean, there's a lot that's a lot of insane, like... That would make people not vote. You th- if they were, like, their boss was a I Republican bet that girl probably... Person. Yeah, right. I don't that know. is pretty sketch. That is pretty sketch. Well, they're going to know anyway. Then if you go vote, because your employer is required to give you the day off to go vote, but it's like you're not going to want to walk into a Republican congressperson and go, "Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna." Well, it's not like you vote. talk to him. I mean, he just owns it. I don't know. Isn't that how it works? To have a job? You walk into the CEO of any <laughs> com- major company. If you work at Microsoft <laughs> and you need a day off, don't you go to Bill Gates and you just go, "Billy baby, bambino, Billy baby." Um. Yes, but I also really related to the idea that this person was like, 
seething with like cringe for her friends and it was really about the fact that she felt like she should be somewhere she doesn't even want to be isn't that something yeah it happens well let's hear some secrets to lighten the mood i got a secret um i've had a pez dispenser next to my bed under a nightstand for years and i'm talking i've i've kept this thing through four apartments. I've moved it from apartment to apartment. It's crazy. And like I said, next to my bed, under the nightstand. And every night, I reach over, pick it up, and I use the rigid bottom part of it to scratch my asshole. <laughs> and then I put it back in the nightstand. And it's just been years. So this thing is a monstrosity. It's covered in poop. What? I mean, it's, and I've kept it. I've, tr- I've put it in my car and driven to new apartments with it. I mean, <laughs> anyway, there you go. That's the podcast. Yeah. People are so weird. Wait, do you think he's kidding? I, I don't. Hope he's kidding. It's so specific that it's. He did feel. Well, when he said it was covered in blood. I didn't buy that. I think he meant more metaphysically, more spiritually, it's covered in poop oh, and blood. Oh because he's right God. in a way that it's covered in poop and blood. Even on a microscopic level. I mean, listen. I People like to groom. Also, how could he not tell us what kind of Pez dispenser? He didn't tell us the character. <laughs> I mean, it's now, now I'm going to be thinking about this for the next month. Is it a RoboCop Pez dispenser? I'm it, imagining Donald Duck. You think it Donald seemed like Duck? he had it from when he was a kid. Or maybe he's really old and it's one of those Pez dispensers from before they even had the character on it. It just says Pez on it. He, so he, he itches his asshole with a Pez dispenser. <laughs> Oh man! You know what he should put in it? Is he, he should he should make a. I got a suggestion for this guy. Get a custom made Pez dispenser, okay? With and within it is a uh, is a is a hemorrhoid suppository. So when you lift the little head up, a hemorrhoid suppository pops out. You put that up to your little butthole and pop one of those bad boys in. By the end of the Pez dispenser uh, refill situation, your asshole won't itch anymore. You won't need it anymore. Congratulations! You're ready to find love. I need to change the subject. Hi, Moshe and Natasha. My secret is not very scandalous, but it has been weighing on me nonetheless. I live in L.A., and I live in one of those four-unit apartments, so all the neighbors know each other. And I have a set of neighbors where one girl has lived there for a couple years, and the other girl moved in about a year and a half ago. The other girl, I talk to her probably every day, I see her all the time. We're very friendly. We don't hang out socially, like outside of the apartment, but I see her all the time. We're very friendly. I have a key to her apartment in case of emergencies and vice versa. We have texted, like at the holidays, I bake them things. And my secret is that I don't remember what her name is. I forgot right after she told me, and I kept thinking it was going to come up. And it didn't, and she doesn't get her mail delivered to our apartment. She gets it uh, delivered to a P.O. box for whatever reason. She has mentioned that before, and I have checked to see if I could find out her name, but I can't. And it's far too late for me to ask. She's literally on my phone as neighbor question mark. And when I have to leave them a note or anything at the holidays, I just say, girls as if we're like really really you know like best girlfriends and whenever i see her i just go hey or hey girl which i feel disgusting doing anyway because that's 
so LA and so lame. But yeah, I don't know her name and I don't know if I ever will. And it worries me that one day yeah. I'll have to tell someone who she is and I won't be able to. So that's my secret. Thanks. I mean, relatable, understandable. Been hey, there. girl. Hey, girl. Oh, hey, palo, friendo, female lady friend. I mean, listen. Sometimes I'll say like, what's the, if you can put someone on a guest list for something or can I, can you send me the full spelling of your family's name? What if her name, name is Jane Smith? <laughs> I mean, here's the deal. Here's what you have to do. It's pretty obvious. Uh, you, you've gone past the point of no return. I really relate to this because I, I, I am so paranoid about forgetting people's names. I don't call people by their name when I know for sure what their name is on the off chance that I've somehow forgotten it, you know, but it seems pretty obvious what you need to do. You've gone past the point of no return. You have to put your apartment up on Airbnb and, uh, you know, or, or find a friend who lives out of town, fly them into L.A., pretend you're going on vacation, right? You go find another Airbnb somewhere in another part of town and you tell your friend who you've flown in, your only mission, you don't have to pay me a dime, your only mission is to get to know the name of the person living next door and just they, as long as it takes, it's worth it. Okay. <laughs> What, what? Was that real advice? No. It was a comedy, <laughs> little comedy bit for a comedy podcast. What do you th- what, what should she do? I literally honestly think that you should have a, a friend over at a time that you know for sure that your neighbor will be there. And when that, your neighbor gets there, you hide in the bathroom and have your friend pretend to be a weirdo that goes outside and goes, now what was your name? And just introduce her. You have to. You can't. You're going to get found out. It's going to happen. She might not know your name either. Or you could hire someone to um, dress up in a UPS outfit, come with a package, knock on your door. They, you're not home. And then he knocks on their door and makes them sign for it. No, I have the, I have the idea. Okay, what do you got? She needs to ask the people on either. She needs to be, become friends with the people on either side of that girl and just ask them. Terrible idea. Why? Because what if they don't know her name? Or wor- even worse, they what if they her. tell her? My brother, did I tell you about this? My brother, he lives in one of these similar fourplexes in Los Angeles. He get They're all on a text thread. My brother gets a text message uh, from all of the... Uh, of the um, they're not on a text thread, but they all have each other's phone numbers. My brother gets a text from all of the other roommates saying, Hey, are we still meeting tonight? And David, my brother, writes back and says... Oh, sorry, meeting about what? And all of the other roommates go, Oh, nothing. Sorry, David. You weren't meant to be CC'd on this. <laughs> Every roommate he had was having a meeting. And he wasn't cc You don't <laughs> want to be in that situation where there's some kind of like triangulation happening. So I think, uh, I think what you should do is hire someone, to, a friend, have a friend come over, say, what was your name? Something like that. Or if you do get in an awkward situation where she's like, you don't know my name, do you? You could, I think, tell a little white lie and say you did have some like brain surgery when you were young. That's a very, very small white lie. Just a very <laughs> small white lie. Just say you have traumatic brain injury that removed well, your oh, ability to remember things. Since, since I had my child, I just can't remember anything. So now she's, she's <laughs> okay, had brain surgery idea. and a child, a secreted away child. Here's what you really should do, honestly, what an adult would do, but no one ever does things like this because everybody's so terrified of being honest. What you really should do is you should, what you should really do is walk right up to your roommate and say, hey, hey, girl, hey, girl, hey, listen, 
I'm so embarrassed right now. But to be honest, like I think you're so cool, and I. I don't remember your fucking name. I'm so embarrassed by it. This is so stupid, but what's your name? That's what an adult would do. But I wouldn't do it. Would you do it? Sounds extremely hard. It sounds really hard. Maybe maybe you should take Natasha's advice. Make up a child and say, my child's being held at ransom and the only thing that will get it out of the hands of the narcos that are holding her at gunpoint is your name. So you have to call them and tell them that. I still like my idea to text her like, hey, can I have your family's full names where we're putting out our annual New Year's card or something like the full spelling. So you're (laughs) hold on a second, Natasha. Let me get this straight. She's supposed to write to her neighbor in the same complex she lives in and say, I'm sending out my annual Christmas card. Can you give me the spelling of your name and address? (laughs) Yeah, she lives literally. It's her address. No, but all right. So you say like, I want the spelling, the correct spelling of every, everyone in your family's first and last name. <laughs> what? This is getting crazier by the second. She should get brain surgery, <laughs> fake brain surgery, a fake child. And she wants the first and last name of everyone. This is a woman in a fourplex in Los Angeles. This is not like in Iowa where she's living with like her husband and nine children. She's just like a single lady living in a fourplex. So she's oh, like, I have an idea. I want the name of everyone in your family's first. I have an idea. I have an idea. Okay, what do you got? I'm filling out a form. How do you spell your last name? Question. <laughs> what form? What form? What like, form? Like is, a form what, for like what emergency form, contact. What form says? What form says? Emergency contact. Emergent. That's yes. so much worse than I don't know your name. Hey, I'm so close to you, or. Or they, conversely, they like, I'm so lonely and I have no one in my life that you're my emergency contact. <laughs> my next door neighbor who I never have hung out with is the only person in Los Angeles I know that. Wouldn't you be freaked out if, you're, if your neighbor was like, you're my emergency contact now? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be like, are you okay? <laughs> no, but they, she said that they have like, you know, this like mutual thing where they check each other's mail and they all have, they have keys to each other's houses. Oh, wait a minute. I mean, they're kind of like pals. I got it. Here's... The, a very simple solution. And I thank you, Natasha, for reminding me that she has the key. All you have to do is wait for a girl for girl number one to go on vacation. Right? She's like, hey girl. She's oh, like, I'm off to Acapulco. Awful idea. I'm and off go to Acapulco. Snoop around her house. Yeah, break into her apartment oh my God. and find a document with her name on it. It's really obvious. I mean, hopefully she doesn't have any of those nest cams set up. But if she does, you just play her <laughs> this episode of the podcast and it'll be totally cool. And that's less creepy than asking her to be your emergency contact. But I will say, the, and we, we can drop this in a minute, but there is something I nice. I think we should not drop it and talk about it for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> if there is, um, there is something nice about only knowing someone as girl. Because you never have to become friends with them. Eventually, though, don't you think seven years in, she'll be like, why do you only call me girl? Is there a reason you I only call me girl? I sometimes call people honey that I've known for 10 years because I can't remember their name. <laughs> But you've got a whole persona built around calling people honey and darling. This woman doesn't have that. Eventually, she's going to get she's going to get caught. Don't you think? Yeah. Uh, you got to do something. Okay. Okay. Last pitch. Um, a microscopic uh, drill between your walls and put a little microphone in there, right? So that when she's got a company over... Then you can hear them call her by her name and then pull the, micros- the microscopic mic back, patch it up with using a little bit of drywall and go back over and just be like, Diane, it's me. I like that. All right. Let's play another. Hi, I have a secret. In college, uh, during summer, I was taking an online 
class about family dynamics and I had been screwing around the whole summer and I had like an F in the class. So I was getting ready for the final paper and, you know, I had this really, really bad grade and I was like, oh, it's an online class. So I wrote the paper from the perspective of being a single mom. Like I said, I was a single teen mom and how difficult it was for me to be a single mom. Um, I am not a single mom or a teenager. And uh, I got an A. Uh, it worked out, but, um, you know, a little guilty. Thanks. You know, <clears throat> when I was in high school, I was about to start, a, a, like we had like summer break assignment to read this book called A Passage to India. Mm-hmm. And I didn't read it. And I just wrote a paper on it anyway. And I got a B. I've never read the book. I don't know what it's about. I mean, I know it's probably about a passage to India. I bet you the teacher's zoned out. You just didn't care? Probably. I mean, how could you possibly write a report on something that you didn't know what happened? I mean, I did. And somehow, what, I don't you, know. Like, how would you do that? Like, you would just make up what you think would happen? I think I, like, looked at what the back. What about main character? <laughs> so you knew the character. Uh, yeah, I, like, looked at the back and I started talking about the themes or whatever. <laughs> and, you know, but this is a little different because this lady essentially, like, tugged at the woke heartstrings of her what professor. What was this for? A class. Her professor doesn't know that she has a child? I mean, it's I probably a, one know. of these huge classes. And she's right. <laughs> I am but a poor single teenage mom. She's like 65 years old, walks in. There you go. Isn't that good? I mean, you're against lying. I'm not a huge fan of lying because I think it doesn't ever pay dividends. It, 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 it you know, white lies are one thing. That's a, wh- what I'm, I a white, white lie lies. like brain surgery is one thing, <laughs> but but actually telling a lie, it almost always has consequences that are unforeseen and comes back and just cuts you to ribbons. So no, I'm not into lying, but I am into this. This seems consequence free. She got the A. Who gives a shit? I Let's play it. another secret. Okay, all right. Here's my secret. My friend of many 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 years uh went uh to college right like as you do some people whatever she hooked up with this dude and um he came on her chest you know normal and she gets later on like the next day she got like this rash on her chest like where he came and goes to the doctor and I swear, I, this sounds fake. Like, it sounds like I'm making this shit up. But, like, he tells her, we don't normally see this. We only normally see this type of, like, infection or whatever the fuck she got. Like, in, in um, what do you call it? Like, like necrophiliacs, like the people that fuck dead people. And, like, she didn't know this guy. This was, like, a one-night stand. But we learned from a friend of a friend of ours that that guy fucking works at a morgue. He's, like, a... <laughs> I don't know what the, not like a mortician, but like, I don't know. Is that, is that, I don't know. Fuck. (laughs) Anyway, love the show, you know. Lot, lot to process. Oh my God. First of all, the fact that the only time he got emotional in that whole call was when he couldn't figure out the word mortician. (laughs) Second of all, he's like, okay, here's my secret. So it's an, and then he goes into discussion about a woman who he barely knows and had sex with some guy. It's not your secret, motherfucker. It's her secret. Right. But that's true. But I didn't know that there there is an STD 
that you can get from fucking dead people. I, he said it sounded fake, and I do think it is fake. <laughs> I mean, I just. But they looked up the guy, and he works at a morgue. She, they're taking all of this could be a lie. Hun. Oh, oh, I see. You think he's lying? Yeah, but I could be wrong. I listen. Are there? Is there anyone out there? Are there any doctors? Can we call? We once called the. Uh, yeah, is there a sexually transmitted disease? That you get from if your partner is fucked corpses. <laughs> I mean, come on. But that is kind of a cool idea. Like, I never thought of it because, you know, he was talking about how they had sex and he like came and he blasted on her chest. Mm-hmm. You know, like usually when you think about a person having sex with a corpse, you don't think about like traditional sex moves that he's doing with the corpse. Like, it's kind of interesting idea if this guy, that's his thing. And he's, so he's like fucking this corpse. And then at the end, he's like, oh, you want it all over your tits? Where do you want it? <laughs> and then. The corpse is just like. Wouldn't wouldn't it smell? I mean, to that's have sex not, with a corpse. That is not the reason to not have sex with a corpse. Well, what if it's like formaldehyde and like? Yeah, you're. Oh, you're you, into that. You're psychologically damaged. I don't think you're like. Well, I would. <laughs> like any normal red blooded American. Your men are just so horny. I would fuck a corpse <laughs> if not for the smell. <laughs> if only it smelled like lilacs, I would definitely have sex with a dead person. I don't know, you guys. Is this true? <laughs> What do you guys think? <laughs> Let us know. Is there an infection that comes from fucking the dead other than the infection of Dracul? That's deep goth. That is as goth as it gets. Let's uh, do another call. Now we're going to call Sarah in New York City. Sarah? Sarah? Hi. Hi, Sarah. How's New York right now? Um, it's good. It's pretty warm. Where uh, do you live in I'm New York? I'm so excited to talk to you guys. Well, we're excited to talk to you. What What neighborhood are you in? So we can picture you. Um, in the Upper West Side. Let's see. Okay, okay. We're picturing How you. How far from Zabar's? <laughs> do you have a Bialy in front of you? <laughs> <laughs> okay. We can cut that. <laughs> Do you have any babka? No, listen, Sarah in the Upper West Side, New York City. Shabbat Shalom. <laughs> what is your problem? Um, so I'm calling about a non-romantic problem. Ooh, um, spicy. Is it how much onion and, and poppy seed uh, ratio to put in your bialy? <laughs> Um, no, it's about my boss. Okay. Um, so, I mean, I guess just to start off, um, he's a very nice and kind person and uh, really cares about the well-being of the people he works with. Um, but he's also just, like, very social and very distracting to be around. Um, so, yeah, I think, like, it's just, like, started to affect me to a new level um, where he'll just like, I'll be sitting at my desk and like start waving his in my noise canceling headphones, and like he'll wave his hands in front of my face to like get my attention instead of instead of just messaging me on Slack, um, or just or even like when I ask him for help on something, um, he'll sit down for two minutes and then like get up and go to the kitchen to get some snacks or like be like oh. We, we just got some empanadas. Like, I'm going to go get some empanadas. And it's just, like, it makes it really hard to get any work done. Um, 
So, and it's also just like draining just because I'm a pretty introverted person and like on top of being in an open office. So um, he's, he's like annoying. Annoying. That, yeah, that's the vibe yeah. I'm getting as well. I see. Hmm. Yeah. And like, I can't really decide if he's like, well, I think he is annoying, but I also like might get annoyed easily. <laughs> so um, it's just. You're saying maybe out, it's like, your fault. Um, no, it's definitely his fault. <laughs> um, but I feel like maybe to an extent I might like get annoyed a little bit easier than the average person just because I think it's like being such an introvert and then also working in an open office mm-hmm. where our desks are all like next to each other and like there's really no quiet place to go and and also the thing that I'm hearing from you too is like how do you set boundaries with people who are your superior I think that would be a it's very difficult uh, I mean that yeah that is the issue that you're having right now is that the person who's see it's not your job to maintain the functionality and workflow of your office if that's not your job and it's not your business unfortunately the person whose job it is and whose business it is is the reason that you don't have good workflow and don't have good functionality and basically i don't know about you natasha but it sounds to me like unfortunately you just have to mind your own business and suck it up because there's no winning or quit which is a totally viable option also but the whole thing of the, the, any idea that involves like doing a small intervention on the owner of the company and telling them how to not be Wait, an, I, an, an I, annoying person anymore i think that's doomed i have a question what's the most annoying thing he's done um i think i mean the headphones thing really drives me insane um when i'm wearing headphones um but then like also i think like he tells you to take them off he like waves his hand in front of her oh my god yeah he like waves his hands in front of my face or like taps me even though like it's usually nothing very urgent that like needs to be said right away like he could definitely like messaging message me over our messaging thing um i also like try to go to like other places to work in the office so that i'm not like constantly at my desk and i feel like he'll just like show up there like 10 15 minutes later um it's like you're it's doing like a- your job you don't need to talk to him to do your job well, he's the you. boss he gets to decide he's in charge i mean that's literally the job description of the boss is that you go boss people around and do whatever the fuck you want it doesn't mean he's a good boss he might be a terrible boss or he might be a great boss although i'm starting to have my doubts about you sarah i like you definitely <laughs> i think you've got a good fun attitude but i also i'm not positive that you're like he definitely is his fault he once has waved his hand in front of my face when I was wearing headphones. I'll go to a different area in the building that he owns and he'll come over there and see how I'm doing. He said something about empanadas. You might have a hair trigger with getting annoyed, but it's just, he's the boss. He's literally, it's in the job title, the boss. You know, like, uh, you know, like Steve, uh, Bruce Springsteen. He's like that. You know, like Tony Danza, when they were wondering in that show, who was the boss? He is the boss. And you just gotta, you gotta suck it up. Does he have a, a wife? Yeah, yeah, he's got a family. Oh, maybe you should kidnap one of his kids and threaten him. Does he ever, like, is he ever, like, just a tinge, like, touch you too long? (laughs) (laughs) Wait, to me? Yeah. No. Oh, damn. Yeah, totally. Don't you wish, right? Then you could have a real case here. I think you're screwed, Sarah. You either have to quit or just learn how to deal with somebody whose working style is just, if it were anyone else, you could set some boundaries and say, listen, 
I just need a little bit of space here. I just need you to not wave your hands in front of my. But I don't think you can do that with the boss. You just got to do. Well, so so I did. I like we've already talked, and he's he's my boss, but he's not like the boss. I see. He's your super. super so, he's your superior, but not the owner of the company. Yeah. And okay. We talked about like working styles and like how I like I've had this conversation with him where I like talked about hey I. I need to like work in a quiet space like for a few hours on end and then I'll let you know like when I'm ready to talk or when when or like if there's something super pressing like message me on Slack and we can go from there. That's good. But, like to get to get anything done like we've had that talk but it just doesn't seem like it's translated in, into any sort of action. <laughs> I mean I, I I don't think it's your if it continues I don't think you're I don't know. I think you could come to him and say something like that. Uh, listen, I might be wrong. It just feels like you shot you shot your shot and it didn't translate into action. I just feel like I what do you do by the way? Do you not want to say? You don't have to say. Um, I don't really want to say Okay. But what 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 yeah. what general well, I'm just trying to figure out how important you are. Because <laughs> it's like, cause like there's, there's different universes, you know? It's like if you're a cog in a, in a massive machine, then eventually somebody will be like, you take your complaints and shove them, you're fired. But if you're like, you know, more of like a, you know, a person, an indispensable person who nonetheless has a boss, yeah, maybe you can squeak, squeaky wheel things a little bit until you get your way, you know? Yeah, which one are you? Well, I'm probably not very important. <laughs> I work in marketing and advertising, but so Yeah, I, 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 yeah. I sort of feel like this is a wonderful opportunity for you. How old are you? I'm 26. Yeah, I feel like this is a good opportunity for you to figure out how to find I mean, cuz by the way, everyone who has a boss is in some version of this situation where their boss or their coworker does something that just drives them fucking crazy. And that's part of being in the workforce. It just is, right? It's just that you, you have to work. These are people that you would never hang out with in your real life. The only thing that brings you together is your work and your paycheck. And you just have to figure out a way to work around the fact that other people are fucking horrifying and their, their habits and their behavior drives you fucking crazy. And you just have to figure out a way around it. Like it's just part of that's part of being in the in the workforce unless they're like sexually assaulting you yeah if it's unacceptable and criminal and immoral then you have this is exactly my point you have no leg to stand on here it's just like he sometimes waves an empanada in your face (laughs) (laughs) but you know he he does seem like he bugs a little bit no we empathize with you he sounds annoying but and also you could get good at what you do so you can you know you're living in manhattan like you probably have some options and you know who you're around all day can greatly affect who you you know your life so it's like if it's annoying enough and you're good enough at what you do then maybe try to attract a better situation amen to that seek out a better situation what would be better when you were looking for a new job just you saying yeah i just want a new challenge and to move on or oh the reason i'm moving is because i got into a gigantic shouting match with my annoying uh non-slack using bitch ass boss i think here's an opportunity for you to make a plan for the future yeah i mean yeah i i I definitely like my job right now and like i would hope that that's not the reason that I leave. And I think he's actually a pretty good person. So I don't want to like mess up that relationship. But yeah, I see what you're saying that 
about the opportunities. <laughs> but it's also hard when it's somebody you kind of do like, you don't hate. Because it's easier when you can just hate someone and just say like, oh, yeah. fuck that person. This is just a person who you kind of like, but who's also kind of annoying. Well, guess what? We're both stand-up comedians. So when it comes to coworkers that we kind of like and are also kind of annoying, we've kind of got the market sewn up on that. It's literally every comedian we've ever met. And, uh, and yet we walk through this world. Also, if we're lucky, maybe we'll, we can start canceling men for being annoying. Oh. <laughs> maybe <laughs> that next would be year. utopia. Please do. <laughs> He's just a little me too much. <laughs> okay. Well, good luck, Sarah. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. You know, I think it's really important to know what kind of person you are. Like she mentioned a few times, she's an introvert. Right. And, you know, we're not, I think a lot of comedians are prob- probably part introvert, part extrovert. You're probably mostly extrovert. I'm mostly extrovert. I like people. And I thought today's episode, I think you're right. It's good to know what kind of person you are. And also today's episode, like to me, there are like these classic human tropes. Like the person who's jealous of a thing they don't even want. And the person who can't stand their boss that they actually kind of like. You know, I totally just feel like, like the more we do this podcast, the more it's like you see these kind of classic human condition type of situations that come up and uh, everybody's just trying to make it through this world, this world that gives you, serves you sometimes a peach pie and sometimes a shit pie. And the only way to find true happiness is at the top of a mountain in Telluride, Colorado, vomiting into a pile of snow. That's when you realize, you know what I realized when I was up there vomiting into that snow pile? Hmm. That I love you. I love you too.